Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Bring us in, babe. Welcome to Coco Caliente. <laughs> that, that made me laugh. That was good, huh? I didn't expect that. Changing it up. Well, today I'm super excited because we are having two Survivor girl kick-ass players. Okay, I said that backwards. (laughs) Two kick-ass Survivor players that are girls? Yeah. I don't know how to word that. Two girls that are awesome that did Survivor twice. Yes. And, okay, so I have some cool stats for you guys. So we're having Michelle Fitzgerald and Natalie Anderson on. They were just in the final three for Winners at War Survivor Season 40. And it was something that was so exciting to watch. I think it was the best season ever. Um, yeah, and I don't really watch uh, reality TV. And I got I got sucked into that one. So if you didn't watch it, it's definitely worth the watch. Yeah, and so, okay, Michelle and Natalie, they're tied for the most challenges, both tribal and individual, won by a female winner with 13, wow. which is super that cool. That is a lot. And something else that they have in common, I love that we're having them both on the same episode, <laughs> so this is really cool to me. <laughs> I, like, looked at some stats. <laughs> Nicole got excited. Yeah, I did. Um, Michelle and Natalie are also the only two players to have reached the final tribal council every single time they competed. That's cool. That is really neat. I mean, isn't that awesome? The, the odds that that even happens once is, you know, well, I mean, right. and they both won too. So they're both winners right. on their previous season. And then they came back and then made the final tribal on their second season. And Michelle is, has actually, I think she's the only survivor player to ever play multiple times and never get voted out. Oh, wow. So that's super cool. <laughs> so you know right there, which Michelle Fitzgerald's up first, mm-hmm. and you know right there that her social game is freaking... On point. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, to never get voted out? That's amazing. So, all right, enjoy this. I know I am. <laughs> hello. Hi, Michelle. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Michelle, for being on Coco Caliente We're podcast. so excited. Yes, we are. We are. The podcast... I'm so- We've never. I don't think I've met either of you guys before. I don't think so. I don't think either, so But either. I feel like I kind of like know you. I don't know how because you were watching her on TV. Yeah, that. But I think <laughs> I don't know. I, maybe we did cross paths on something spiritually <laughs> through Instagram. I don't know. I feel like you know what? Our seasons were all on like during the same time. Like my original oh, okay. season was right around your season, and Caleb was on my original season. Mm. So he got me a Big Brother. So like. I feel like 
I would, I'm connected to you guys. Yeah, Absolutely. That makes sense. Okay, you're on a season with Caleb. That is, that's it right there. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I thank you for coming to this podcast. We really like to peel back the layers, get really emotional, oh, your deepest, stop. darkest secrets, and like make you wondering what life is afterwards. No. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm <on> in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Um, so yeah, thank you for coming on. Uh, you were just on the most recent edition of Survivor Season 40. Uh, winners at War. Winners at War, 20-year celebration. And before that, you were on Season and 32 as the winner yourself. Um, so uh, I just kind of, before we get into all that, I want to know what your life was before the world of Survivor. Like, what were you doing before you even applied to Survivor? So I had applied right when I got out of college, actually, and I was taking a gap year. So I applied to Survivor in, I want to say this summer, I went to an open casting call in Atlantic City. I I had been drinking in Atlantic City and I saw that they had, they had like applications and I was like, all right, I'm just going to go do this tomorrow morning. And my friends were like, no way you're going to wake up after a night of drinking and go to this casting. So I did. And I kind of didn't really think about it. Um, and I went and I backpacked through Thailand. I went on tours with band. I was kind of like a nomad. Oh, and- Wow. And they called and I was like, well, I don't really have anything else going on. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. That is bizarre. So what were you, what was your major, what were you majoring in college and what school were you, were you going to when you graduated? Uh, I went to Montclair State, which is in New Jersey, and I graduated with a communications major. So I hated school. I was like, I just want to get, I just want to do anything to get me the hell out as soon as possible. So (laughs) communication. (laughs) absolutely so what was the plan were you like before like you were gonna apply right so you applied and then you were traveling like a nomad (laughs) what was the the plan after that or were you just like we'll just see what happens (laughs) yeah i was kind of flying by the seat of my pants i really didn't know i tried a few different uh internships nothing really clicked with me like so i was struggling and then as soon as i had been on survivor i started to get a little bit of clarity when you're out there you have a lot of time to think i'm sure i'm sure you guys experienced that in the big brother house as well mm-hmm. um and i just realized like okay how can i mix the things that i the passions that i have in life my passions are travel and i want to give other people that eye-opening experience so i actually got into the travel industry um because of survivor and since then i've just been um i've worked in a few different facets of the the travel industry. That's awesome. That is really cool. Yeah. Kind of how things come together. And so when when you applied and, and it's starting to look like I mean, first of all, I don't even know what the process is like to get on Survivor. I guess I know what it's like to be on Big Brother and go through that process, but mm-hmm. is it kind of similar or do you even know the she process? She probably doesn't or... know the Big Brother process. Let, let's pretend. I don't, know, I don't know the Big Brother process, but essentially they I had to make a video and then they were like, all right, well, Here's what we actually need in that video if you could redo it. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) so I redid the video and then I had like a ton of paperwork. I flew out to LA. There was a bunch of us already out there. And then they start to kind of pick people off day by day. They just start sending people home and you see the numbers dwindling. You're like, yeah, I'm getting pretty far. And they have more and more interviews. And then the last day, they actually have this guy in Crocs in a hotel room. And he's like, all right, are you ready for your shots? I'm like, what the fuck? This guy has (laughs) fawn scars. This, this, you know, the lighting's dim in the hotel. They're like, is this legit? Like, what's happening? (laughs) And they give you your shots. And then they send you home. And about two weeks before 
um, you actually leave, that's when you get the call saying, okay, you're on. Wow. So, it, it does sound... Yeah, it's, it's very similar. It's very but similar. But the shots is not similar. Well, no, but it is just a guy <laughs> yeah. in, like, normal clothes, like, shorts and, like, tennis shoes, and he, like, puts on latex gloves. He's like, all right, go pee in this, and then come back, and I got to give you some shots. Yeah. It's like, wait, what? Yeah, you're like, what the heck? This is so sketchy. <laughs> Has a bunch of vials just sitting on, like, the, the desk in the hotel room. As like, the TV's uh, playing <laughs> in the background. That's so funny. <laughs> really funny so so now it's feeling like it's real did you did you tell your parents that you were going on like what what were they thinking yeah i i told anybody who would listen that i want (laughs) oh so basically everybody was like yeah this girl has this weird dream of being on survivor is that show even on Mm -hmm. like what He's just so obsessed with it. So nobody was surprised like when i went mia nobody was surprised my parents had known that i wanted to do it Everybody was like, "Yeah, that girl is definitely on Survivor right now." She went, she went MIA for forty-five days. <laughs> I'm like, uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. And somehow she's like fifty pounds skinnier. So, yeah, that and that's something I want to get to later because that's like super interesting to me. So, going going onto the show, how do you even prepare? I, I've heard that they they try to make you gain some weight just for that weight loss, and like, do you pre- how do you do your mental yeah, preparation, and physical physically. preparation? Like, what's that like? Yeah, I think everybody has their own process. Some people say that they put on weight so that they have things to lose when they get out there. Some people try. Um, intermittent fasting and starving themselves so that their body doesn't go into shock. So everybody has different ways. I mean, I hired a personal trainer my first time, so I wouldn't look like a total goober. And then <laughs> I just a bunch of apps to like try some puzzles out. Um, but in general, I think the biggest thing and the biggest tip that I would give anybody going on Survivor is wean yourself off of caffeine before going out there. (laughs) Because caffeine headaches are like a real, real thing if you are used to having two cups of coffee a day. Oh, wow. And that's driver tip for everyone. (laughs) That's something that people wouldn't even think about either, I feel like. I know. It's crazy, though. Like, you get out there, you can't even think straight because your head feels like it's about to crack open. Wow, I, I yeah, that that'd be the last thing that I would think about. And so when when you're when you're preparing your stuff to go out there, I mean, obviously, I don't feel like you get a big suitcase of stuff. You just have the stuff that you have on you. So what what is that like? Do you choose what you're gonna wear, mm-hmm. or is it like, all right, I'm gonna this is what I want you to wear for your character? So basically, the way it works is they on your initial season, you're divided by tribe color. So you're your casting director reaches out and they're like, hey, you have to find things that are yellow in mm-hmm. the middle of winter, so good luck with that. <laughs> but then I'm try- sending them all of these things like athletic clothes and she's like, well, actually, your character is not really like the athletic type. <laughs> That's not who, you know, you're not, we have somebody who are bodybuilders on this season, like you should not be looking like Lululemon stuff. So I had to go more like bohemian direction or you know, so they had they had kind of narrowed down the direction that I should take, but I sent in my own stuff, and then they, I sent probably three options, and then they chose the one that they liked. Oh, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> That's hilarious because I could just imagine like oh, I got a personal trainer, I'm in the best shape I've ever been, and then they're like, "You're not an athlete, <laughs> all right?" So. Not who we're casting you for. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like we appreciate the course, effort. 
you, you go out, like, look at some of the things that people wear. Like, people who are lawyers are wearing suits. And everybody's like, why did that person wear a suit out there? And it's because they were given the direction of, like, this is what you have. And, in fact, something like that, like a suit jacket, is really helpful. So, I mean, depending on the direction that your casting director wants you to take, you can figure out how to make it so that you have something that keeps you warm or it's not always the best looking outfit, but you have to think practicality as well. Yeah. And I, I remember Caleb wore like jeans with a big belt buckle and he's like swimming in the <laughs> ocean. I'm like, how is he carrying all that weight of just like wet jeans? And then he passes out. So it's like that. I just can't imagine like having to wear heavy jeans. Oh my God, he loves that belt buckle so much. It was his most prized possession. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, funny. Caleb, what a, what a trip being stranded on an island with Caleb. So, <laughs> what a trip. <laughs> so, like, so you're, you're going out there, it, you guys are on a boat. I mean, you got, like any other show, you got to do all your, you know, they do all these shots and footage and pictures and everything before you go and before you actually start. But when they kick you off the boat, right, are you swimming like two miles to shore <laughs> or is it kick you off the boat? All right, now come right back and, and then now we're going to drop you off. So, yeah, you have these little rafts and you're like swimming into the distance, whatever. And then a speedboat comes and picks your ass up <laughs> <laughs> and drops you off at your actual island. But all of the times that you're not seeing, like, for instance, you see us like walking with our torches to tribal or walking to um, like into the, the competitions, whatever it is. Before that, we actually get locked down. So we're not able to talk from the minute that we leave our camp. We're put on lockdown and we have a handler until the minute that Jeff says, okay, you guys can talk again. Mm. So uh, because the concept is that they don't want anything to happen. I'm sure you guys experience it as well before your competitions, but they don't want anything, any kind of strategizing happening off camera. So that's kind of the the idea. And that's why tribal councils are so nuts because everyone's sitting there thinking, what am I going to say? And then. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and the thing about y- you have now, what, an hour and a half for your anxiety to creep up on you. Mm-hmm. And you have all you're replaying all of the combos. And when they cut it off, too, they say, OK, your lockdown has started. And you're thinking, shit, I didn't really have time to go check in with Wendell again. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, oh, man. So I think we saw a lot of whispering this past season just because there's not enough hours in the day to do all of the, the work that you want to do. So... Yeah, oh no, for sure. And so that, yeah, I just can't imagine that. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What interferes with your happiness? Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? Well, BetterHelp is there to help you. Within 24 hours, you can start communicating with a licensed professional. They cover all issues from depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, anger, LGBT matters, grief, and anything you share is confidential. They service clients worldwide and they have a broad range of expertise. It's convenient, affordable, and it's all confidential. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash coco. Join over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Coco. As you're going through this game, 
Right. The game starts to set in. How much food are you actually eating while you're trying to make all these decisions and do these competitions? Like, I, it just seems, and then everybody seems like they lose a ton of weight. So, like, where's your mind space and your mm-hmm. stomach space at? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It is, it was definitely the hardest part about my first season was the food. Because my first season, we actually did not get rice. So, we had just coconut um, and whatever coconuts we could find, we would open it and, try to eat it as many different ways as we possibly could. Um, so that was really, really hard. Coconut is a natural laxative. So anything that you're putting oh. in is coming out. And so you're really not getting any type of nutrition. Um, so my first season, I remember even just walking in the sand was draining. I, I At the last challenge, I, I had trouble even moving my feet. Like I, had, I remember being at this point saying like, Michelle, one foot in front of the other. Like it was mm-hmm. to that point of a physical drain and it affects your mind as well everything feels slower and when you win those rewards like pizza or pasta or whatever it is you actually feel the cogs start turning in your mind you strategize i would always try to cram strategizing in after a reward because i'm like okay my my brain is actually functioning use this as best as possible (laughs) it's so wild what that type of deprivation does to you and like the level of you just feel so emotionally, physically worn down. Um, and my second season, though, we had rice, and that changed everything. I never once really thought. Of course, you crave things like peanut butter or like flavors, but you, and textures. But you, I felt fine actually, physically. That's bizarre. So yeah, I can't even imagine that, or even just thinking about just eating rice, honestly. But um, I know. <laughs> a handful of rice it's not like you're getting like a it's not like you have unlimited rice it's about if you cup your hand that's about how much rice you're eating um and you eat that twice a day do they let you take like supplements or how are you getting nutrition so you take uh three different pills i think it's three good okay so you take like a malaria pill Mm -hmm. a vitamin pill and then you actually have um a little packet that you can put into your water that helps with dehydration. Oh, good. Oh, okay. That, that makes a lot more sense. And, <laughs> and by the end of your first season, did you have to, or even your second one, this last one, did you have to spend any time in the hospital? Like before you were like, all right, you're good to go. No, I didn't. Ha- I know a lot of people on my first season had a lot of hospital time. We actually had a staph infection running pretty rampant on my first season. Ooh. uh, I didn't have any really medical issues. I had a little bout of like skin cancer, but nothing too crazy. Nothing too crazy? What the heck? (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people get that, you know, like the whatever. You're out in the sun. Yeah, I guess. You just say it so nonchalantly. I don't think I'd ever say that in the context of (laughs) nothing major, just a little bout of skin cancer. (laughs) Well, I... Some people thought they were like going to lose their hands, you know, and people had to get plastic surgery on their faces from this flesh eating bacteria that we had. So in in like the scheme of things, mine was actually pretty minuscule. They do not show how (laughs) grueling this show is. Like, I mean, they they do, but they don't because that is just oh, my gosh. As a viewer, you can't understand the concept of when they bring out cookies and milk, you're like. Yeah, I mean, that looks really good, but like, don't drop for it. But then at the same time, I'll be like, I'd be the first one to drop for it. I'm like starving and I can't think in my head. It's just, oh my, I don't know. They need to do a better showing 
what you guys are I going know. through because that is just I, hearing that. Oh my, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, I dropped for cookies and peanut butter, and I have to tell you, I have to tell you, I don't consciously remember doing that. I like suddenly was down and, and wet because, like, you have the bucket, and I was like, "Huh, I guess I just stepped down for this." I don't remember like the the things firing in my brain that was like, "Yeah, Michelle, you know what? Step down." It just happened. <laughs> so it's probably a good thing then because then you could eat fuel up. And oh think. my gosh, I can't even imagine how happy. That's I would a good be. point that you made that you want to strategize after eating something yeah your brain's actually functioning after Mm -hmm. you know when you're like hangry at people when you haven't had and you're like my blood sugar is probably low that's constant (laughs) i would be so mean on the show i'm so hangry all the like yeah if i were ever to do survivor my strategy would not be to bulk up because that would be so bad for me i'd have to like practice practice starving myself so that people can be around me (laughs) i know the, yeah, it's hard. So, as as you're as you're on this show, I mean, I, I just can't imagine like going into this second season now. You're going in with all winners. How do you even how do you even prepare for that mentally? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're in there with the best strategizers. Obviously, all the people that have won before. Like, that has to be. I mean, yeah, you're a winner yourself, but at the same time, that has to be kind of intimidating. No, like, what was your thought process going into that? Like, when you heard what the show was. Oh my God, so intimidating. I was intimidated even my first season. Like, how the hell did this schluck from Jersey who has <laughs> never anything somehow wander her way onto a beach with a bunch of pro athletes and, um, you know, Ivy Leaguers? So even my first season, I was intimidated. And then add the level to this game that all of these people have already won in epic ways, proving that they're the best of the best at Survivor, when I didn't even know how I got in my first season, let alone won it. So I was having a lot of like internal doubt and struggle. So I think the, the best way that I prepared was trying to not psych myself out. I, a lot of people go back and they watch previous seasons or, um, you know, they studied, oh, this person played like this to try to understand their gameplay. I tried to not do any of that because I think that if I had watched things back, my intimidation level probably just would have gone <laughs> higher. So I did the total opposite. I tried not to think about even going uh, at all. And so, yeah, I don't know if it's the best strategy, but for me, just remaining calm was like really essential and for my sanity. And, and as you're as you're preparing for this, do you have any thought? I mean, I guess you have to kind of have an inkling maybe, but that Wendell would be on the show. Like, I think he's your ex-boyfriend, right? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, like, in my mind, I'd be like, oh, crap. <laughs> I definitely, like, when when we were even dating, I was like, oh, wouldn't it be freaking hilarious if they had a winter season and we would have to go on the island together? And then <laughs> I, I got the call. Initially, I had reached out, like, have you heard anything from CBS? Like, just kind of putting the feelers out there. Uh-huh. And he was like, yeah, I actually did. So we were in communication prior to to the episode mm-hmm. prior to the season so we knew and then we knew that other people knew about our relationship so a lot of the conversation was like how are we going to manage perception that we're working together because obviously duos are a threat, threat. um so we basically just told it how it was it ended listen it ended and that's not a good it never ends well when it ends mm-hmm. in experience so um, we told it how it was, but we we really didn't have as bad blood as they really painted it to be. 
Well, that's good. I mean, it's at least it's at least you know that you know what I mean. And I mean, it it, it is what it is, and you. It worked out for you, right? I mean, you got pretty far. You got the closest <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that you're going to get to winning, right? So that that's awesome. That That is really cool. It's, it is kind of a shame, though. And I will say, like, I was working. Obviously, I chose to vote out Ewell instead of Wendell. And Wendell chose to vote out Ewell instead of me. Like, when we clearly could have went with another way, like, we were working together. And I think that this is, this is a thing that Big Brother really doesn't have to deal with quite as much. And I don't maybe... Maybe that's maybe this isn't necessarily true, but we are really at the mercy of the edit of the story that the editors want to tell in the respect of like I was endgame. So, of course, they were going to make me look better than Wendell. So Mm, I think that that they they manipulated the storyline a bit when we were actually probably closer than they let on you're you're absolutely right nicole and i have had this conversation before so on big brother since they have live feeds they can't really Mm -mm. do a lot to manipulate a storyline when people are watching live 24 7 Mm -hmm. uh before you know the show's airing and it's happening at the same time on the amazing race on the other hand when we did that they can manipulate some things to make it seem maybe more dramatic or more tough or more tense than it really was in the moment that it was happening. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I forgot that you guys had done Amazing Race. I think that's a really good um, that's a really good example because probably if you're looking at whoever won the Amazing Race, they want to tell their journey in a way that people feel excited with the ultimate outcome, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. all those people's journey. And whoever gets caught in the crosshairs of that person's journey, it just it gets dismissed. And that's basically what happened with the Wendell story. I think that they could have done... It in two ways where we're working together and we're these like ex lovers, but could they be rekindled or they could do a, a ex scorned? And I think they chose one direction. And unfortunately for Wendell, it was. Scorned. <laughs> <laughs> eh, it could be worse, right? It could be worse. In- I don't know. Could it? <laughs> Um, so I guess looking back, looking back on your gameplay, uh, in this second season, what's the one thing, I mean, if you had to pick, yeah, I I know within the course of a game, there's a lot of things that you maybe wish you could have done different, right? Uh, knowing the outcome that it is now hindsight, but let's say if there is one thing that you can change, is there anything that you regret that you did in the game or you didn't do or you didn't do? I think, I think during the beginning of the game, I was playing really strong and in control. And during the end of the game, I started to get, when you're left out of, when I was left out of votes, I started to lose some of the confidence that I had gained in the beginning. And so I started to kind of listen to what people told me was happening instead of going out and trying to manipulate what was happening. I said, everybody's like, okay, we're we're all going for Jeremy. Instead of saying like, hey, why don't we go for this person? Instead, I kind of floated with the majority and I, do regret that I didn't take a little bit more control of over my end game. And it left me in a really vulnerable position at final, what, whatever it was, six, that I had to then be fighting alone by myself. If I had shifted the narrative earlier, then I probably wouldn't have been in that difficult position. And were you kind of scared? Were you at all scared to kind of shift the narrative where I feel like, I mean, it's also the edit too, but when you open your mouth and try to flip something, sometimes it can come back on you. So were you kind of scared of that? Always, because especially in this game, everybody played it so close to their chest. It was a very, very elevated level of gameplay. I really have never seen anything like it before. And 
people on this season have played four or five times and they've said they've never even seen anything even similar to it. People didn't want to say a name at all, at all. So when a name came up, you're just like, thank God I've even heard a name. And so you're just making sure that that name isn't you. The reality is, is that if you say, eh, I don't want it to be that person. How about we do this person? And that gets around that Michelle is trying to flip it. It's just such a tricky, fine line. Like you don't want to be the person who throws a name out, but you also don't want to be the person who's just riding the tide. So yeah, it's tough. It's tough, man. It's a, it's a, it's a balancing act. And players kept giving you fire tokens. They gave you an advantage. It just goes to show your social game is amazing. So what's different about your social game than you think like most other players on the island? I think in general, I, I don't know. Uh, emotional intelligence is something that I don't know if it's like a learnable thing. And I, I, Ooh, I, I think, feel like I have that. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Of course, of course you do. I think you're a really good example of it. You do have a high emotional intelligence. I think it really comes down to you have to understand how other people uh, are feeling without them even saying it. If one, especially on Survivor, when you're hungry and you're sleep deprived and tensions are high, you have to. And when somebody's irritable, when to speak up, when to back away, when you can push a little bit. So it's like reading small nonverbal cues and finding ways to connect with people in a way that doesn't make them too attached to you, that that if you burn them, that they're going to be too hurt by it, but that is enough of an attachment that they want to protect you. So I think... Mm-hmm. it's hard It's hard to find that balance for a lot of people. Yeah, no, it really is, and that's, like, a good way. It There is this tricky fine line. Yeah, if you get too close to someone and they think you betrayed them, you can just count their jury vote out. But yep. if you kind of, like, help them and act like I'm helping you as much as I can and kind of give them a little warning sign, you might have that vote. It It is so hard. Um I can't even imagine being sleep deprived, food <laughs> deprived, like all that going on. I, I, that's like adding, I don't know, it, yeah. so much more to, into the equation. But for the competitions and things, how are you guys? These competitions are tough. They look tough and they're, they're simple, but they're about balancing. They're about holding your arm up while you're standing on something small. They're puzzles while your mind is just foggy. Um, what is it? I mean, do you think doing this in your normal everyday life would be difficult also or yes yeah so they're okay i literally look at a challenge and i'm like i have to go do that like (laughs) are you kidding me (laughs) i don't know like here's a balance beam really raised up super high on top of whatever i'm like i wouldn't want to do that i don't even think i can do that (laughs) but throw yourself into it and listen i suck at the challenges i found one niche that i'm good at and that's puzzles and everything else I kind of suck so <laughs> did you did you memorize that one puzzle no I I did you're, not I, I you're honestly, so good at it dude I think it's like a spatial I think it's a spatial thing um something to do with spatial puzzles I do really well on I'm not sure why I just see it in well, my head it's in how what I mean the people next to you are like copying your puzzle is that super frustrating I honestly, <laughs> the people I was at the end with were not puzzle gurus. So I, 
nervous at all. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, she just came back from the end and just got it all. And they were copying her, and she's like, I don't care. I got it. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. I was like, y'all are a bunch of cheaters. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nicole has some questions uh, from our listeners uh, cool. that are specifically for you. So she's going to go ahead and go through some of these questions here, okay? Okay. Okay, so um, what's the biggest difference from your first season versus the winners at war season? The gameplay, absolutely. The gameplay was so elevated. It was like literally being in the majors versus the minor leagues. My first season, I felt like it was all about personalities. Like my first season, I had a ton of big personalities. We had Debbie, we had um, Aubrey, Ty. You know, they're there to make entertaining TV. This time, all of these people won, and they knew what the hell they were doing, and it was it was intense. Every single day was intense. Yeah, no, I can't even, like, just sitting there and just, okay, it's kind of, kind of like you're at a poker, like, you're just at a table, and you're like, hey, the first one to make a move, like, you're in trouble, because we're all good, we all know what we're doing, so I don't even know how you could, like, strategize prior to going into the season i don't think you You, could like come up with a game plan at all you can and so many people ask me this like what was your strategy going into the season i was like i feel like anybody who enters a season like this with a strategy is just shooting themselves in the foot Mm -hmm. you need to be adaptable and open-minded and look at how the game is shifting and shift with it you can't like for me my strategy is to not have a strategy and it's worked for me thus far i suppose (laughs) yeah definitely um, if you won the final immunity, would you have made fire against Tony? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I, I mean, if you have a chance to sit at final three, you want to sit at final three. For sure. But again, like, I don't know if there was a world in this final four that I could have won. And I don't even know if making fire would have secured me any votes. So... I don't know. I think about this all the time. It keeps me up at night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it, it is a, it's a, tr- I mean, there's a lot that goes into it too. So you don't know if the, even what you're thinking now is what you would have done then. You just have to really be in the situation to really know. Cause people ask questions like that. Would you have taken this person a final two? It's like, I really don't know the answer to that. So I have no idea. I have, I get so many. And of course we live with the coulda, woulda, shoulda all the time. If I mm-hmm. did this, could I have gotten this? Oh, and yeah. Constant. Like the what ifs is so, it's so constant. So, I mean, I'm grateful the way it all turned out. I honestly don't have any regrets. So what's it like recording a season? You can't tell anyone you're on a season and then you watch it back knowing that you potentially, I mean, this is for both times for you could have won. Well, this time was $2 million, but a million dollars. It was crazy. Both times I had to wait about a year. My last time I actually had to wait about a year and a half before oh. final travel. <laughs> the full year. Um, so it's a long time. I My first season I had to stop drinking because I would get drunk and, you know, whisper to my friends, do you guys want to know where I was last fall? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> this time, uh, this time, you know, more people had the, probably the idea of why I was gone and whatnot. But also I kind of knew that I'd win this season. So I didn't feel like I was holding in quite as big as a secret. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just grateful that I got to watch every, be in every single episode and experience every single 39 days. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that is really awesome. And watching it back, what surprised you the most? Uh, I don't know. 
I think did you know about was- Tony? Did you know about Tony? Oh, I guess he said about him hiding in the trees and stuff. Yeah, he, he's a <laughs> final tribal. But I think seeing the edge was pretty surprising. Like oh. all the stuff that they had to do on the edge, because mm-hmm. I had never been there, so I wasn't super privy to like what their experience was like. Um, so it was interesting, interesting to see like the log challenge and all of that stuff. It looked super hard. Thank God I wasn't there. Yeah. That's actually a good point to like bring up. What did you think? Cause you're playing the game the whole time on the Island and you knew someone could come back, uh, at such a crucial time, like final six back onto the Island from edge of extinction. So were you like, man, this is like not fair or how are you feeling? I mean, that's how I would feel if I wasn't seeing what's going on. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it felt very very unfair for the people who had lasted all 39 days i mean we had been scrambling just to stay alive like especially with how volatile everything was and how there was so so much whispering going on it was hard to get to that final six spot it was very very hard Mm -hmm. so for somebody to kind of waltz in after being on the edge for all that time we're like are you kidding me (laughs) on the flip side for me i was on the bottom so having somebody come in Mm -hmm. that wanted to shake things up with me it threw me a bit of a life vest so i was grateful ultimately that it happened a lot of people in our season were not very happy though so yeah yeah no it's just it's just a whole nother way of playing the game like the fire tokens a whole nother element so it was really cool to watch and when we asked for questions for you you got so much love and support everyone is just like loves you absolutely and they're wondering like could they potentially see you back again Yes, hopefully. (laughs) My casting director called me yesterday just to like ask about some tech stuff. And I was like, oh, are you calling me back already? Like, ready. (laughs) Like, oh, no, Michelle. (laughs) That's awesome. As soon as Corona's over, Jess, give me a ring. Would you guys go on? What do you Um, think? I mean, I think that it would be really cool. I wouldn't ever want to turn down the opportunity, whether I think. I could survive. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know if I could. I, I I would maybe not right now, but down the line, that'd be if they asked I me. I think Victor would, would be really good. I, at I it. would do it, and and I think it'd be a lot of fun. Uh, I think you both would be good at it. Aren't you a farm girl? You come on. Yeah, but I eat a lot. She would be <laughs> the most entertaining because per- she would just complain about everything, which would make for great TV. Oh, stop. <laughs> that would be for. People love watching that. People love people struggling through the elements. So I'm going to start a petition for you guys to get on. We'll, we'll Hopefully we'll be on a season together. Oh, that would be cool. We can do like a match. Or you can come on Big Brother or something. Who knows? I guess, yeah, I don't think I can do that. So. No, you'd be good at that because it's emotional intelligence. That's all you need. And guess what? You get all the food you want. You get to hang out and just lounge. And the competitions you, are not difficult. All the craziest on that show though <laughs> all, big brother's got the crazies i bet you guys at the reality all, all of the reality events uh, yeah. that's hilarious are, so one last thing here before we go i was reading on your bio for survivor and i saw something on here that caught my eye it said pet peeves people who eat smelly foods <laughs> on planes okay can, I'm sorry, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> this is not what I was expecting. Uh, well, you know what? I like to throw, I, I like to throw people for a loop. So this is a good ball. I like to change this to people who eat smelly foods. 
That's it. He's looking at me because I like to eat pickled eggs. <laughs> what the hell is the pickled egg? I'm oh. personally offended. I feel victimized right now. This is it's so bad. So in our fridge we have this it looks like a science experiment. It's a big glass jar. It has some yellowy greenish liquid in it with onions, garlic, and eggs, and it's been sitting there rotting. It's so good. I am I am gagging. I think if they had sent they had said, you know, day thirty-eight. You're on Survivor. You've been starving for 38 days. Michelle, here's a pickled egg. I'd be like, you know what? I'm good. Well, the funny thing is, <laughs> I I came in. I, Nicole was doing something when I left the house one day, and I come back, and I'm like, babe, why did you spill vinegar somewhere? I'm like, what is that? I was like, we need to air this thing out like now. Like, there's a problem. And she's just looking at me, and she had made pickled eggs. So I have to make them oh, while he's God. gone. Hey, you can't diss no. them, Michelle, until you try them. <laughs> diss them. Diss them. Um, I don't think I'll be doing that. I think I'll just take your word for it. Also, I think boys might smell the hate of the might hate the smell of vinegar because my boyfriend also hates the smell of vinegar and he would kill me if I made pickled eggs in the house. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a guy thing. Maybe it I is. I get so freaked out because she'll take a pickled egg and just like walk to the bedroom and I'm like, I swear <laughs> on everything. If that one drop gets on anything in the house, uh, I'm going to lose it. That's so okay, funny. Okay, brushing your teeth before you get into bed with me with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kiss him and he, I'll kiss him and he'll be like, did you just eat a pickled egg? I said, yep. I do it on purpose. <laughs> so nasty. Y'all, are <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much michelle we really appreciate you uh coming on the show very very fun and lively conversation yeah. i hope you enjoyed it too i hope we get to meet in real oh, life this was so freaking fun you guys are a blast i know i hope we get to meet each other soon when all this crazy corona is over yeah for sure thank you so much oh thank you for having me have a good day i'll watch your live tonight by the way have a good day <laughs> <laughs> okay good all right bye guys bye, bye. Well, Michelle is amazing. I can see why she never got voted out. Um, And also, now we have Natalie Anderson, who is the runner-up, super badass, and we can't wait to talk to her. Here she is. Hello. Hey, Natalie. Hey, what's up, girl? Cool. Natalie, thank you so much for joining Victor and I on Coco Caliente Podcast. We're so excited to have you. Aren't we, Victor? <laughs> yes, 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 we are excited. And it's awesome because we are now part of the Amazing Race family. Yeah. So I know. We, we, we kind of have that bond. Uh, so the only thing that uh, you have to do, girl, is get on Survivor, and then I just have to get on Big Brother. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so b- before, before we get into the, the whole thing with everything that you've done, right, I happen to have a friend that was okay. from Sri Lanka, right? Oh, my God. Yes. And he went to the Asian International School. No way. Yes. And so when, when Nicole... <laughs> Harshan Ramakirshna. I don't, oh, my God. I don't know him. Yeah. He said, he said she probably won't know me, but I knew her, like I knew of her and her group of friends. And then when she got onto The Amazing Race, her social media blew up and then everybody at school knew who she was. And That's funny. Yeah. So I thought it was hilarious because when I was doing my research for Amazing Race, I was like, hey, there's, you know, and I was jokingly, I was like, oh, you have to know this girl. She, you know, she's from Sri Lanka. And, and he's like, ah, ha, ha. And he's like, wait, 
I do know her. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, my God. So, you know, everybody knows at least one Sri Lankan. That's what I always say. Like, we're such a small, tiny island. But every person I've ever met, like, when I first say, when they just ask me where I'm from, and then I end up telling them I'm from Sri Lanka, somebody's always like, oh, I knew this one Sri Lankan. And it's usually, like, this super nerdy girl or guy that they went to school with and is in med school. <laughs> it's like always the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I get the same thing from so I'm from Puerto Rico they'll be like oh I know I know a guy do you know Jorge he's from Puerto Rico and I'm like well no like, no dude <laughs> there's there's millions of them right uh, yeah it's funny <laughs> well no thank you thank you Natalie so much for being on the show with us we're excited to talk to you um, and we before we get into the TV show stuff I kind of like to go back before that so what were you and I know you're a twin right you and uh, Nadia mm-hmm. right yeah. And so what were you guys doing? What was life for you like in Sri Lanka before any of this ever happened, before you guys came stateside? So basically, I was born in New York City, raised in Sri Lanka, and I moved back stateside for high school. And so I've been in the States since 2000, 2001. Okay. But, um, you know, my childhood was that island life in Sri Lanka. It was super chill, like literally Nadia and I just what you picture, like growing up on an island, being just literally water babies our whole life. And then I moved to Connecticut for high school and it was like such a culture shock. Um, And yeah, Connecticut was obviously very different from Sri Lanka. (laughs) (laughs) Ended up uh, then going to Fordham University and then I moved to Jersey. But yeah, Sri Lanka life was the best. I go back as much as I can. My parents still live back home and I still have an accent because Nadia and I lived together our whole lives here. She Uh... finally moved away like so I feel like I'm going to lose my accent soon because we just bounced off each other. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I think it's uh, people identify me as being some kind of Southeast Asian, but Sri Lanka is obviously very specific and unique. So I like that about myself. That's awesome. Yeah. And I and I know exactly what you're talking about, because if I go visit Puerto Rico and I come back, yeah. I have I get an accent when I'm over there and I come back and I'll have it's it for so maybe funny. like a week and then it goes away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I have an accent in America and I also have an accent in Sri Lanka. So when I go back, people are like, oh, look at her with her American accent. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm like, you know, in both places I can win. Yeah. No, that is so true true i go back they call me the white guy when i go to puerto rico and they call me the spanish guy when i come over here stateside exactly i'm like oh my god i have no identity what the did you ever live in puerto rico or no yes so i lived there uh for my ninth grade uh so my first year of high school and then my first year of college oh wow and then we visited every year pretty much uh, until i got older and so like i identify that as like my hometown basically over there. that's awesome yeah nice yeah super interesting stuff so when when did when did Amazing Race cuz you did that before you did Survivor when did Amazing Race come into your wheelhouse um, so basically there was this friend of mine who always used to tell Nadia and I like guys you need to apply to be on Amazing Race I had never watched the show I'd heard of it obviously But I never submitted a video. She ended up submitting a random video of Nadia and I arguing. (laughs) And And so CBS was like immediately called us. And I remember when they called us, they were like, somebody called and they were like, hey, is this Natalie? And I was like, yes. And they asked me first, are you a U.S. citizen? And I was like, who the hell is this? (laughs) Because like you can't tell, I guess. And uh, yeah, they were like, hey, like we're from Amazing Race. We really want you on the show. We had to do like a, a real a real submission of a, like an audition tape. And then, yeah, I think that we just checked off all these demographics, like, you know, twins, sisters, minority women. Like we were just this really unique, like 
uh, set of sisters that they just were like, all right, this is gold right here. Let's get them on the show. <laughs> That's and awesome. And then, yeah, I was on Amazing Race twice, and then Survivor came knocking, and then I was just like, whatever, why not? And then I was on Survivor twice. So I keep saying, like, now I just literally need to go on Big Brother and hit that twice and hopefully <laughs> win one out of the two shots. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is awesome. So w- when you guys were doing the Amazing Race, were, did you guys – prepare at all like nicole and i were highly underprepared when we went to the show and uh definitely should have exercised more maybe packed lighter we also only had like four days notice (laughs) oh my gosh oh yeah no i prepared physically i probably should have done more mental preparation like puzzles or like something because like nadia and i my strength is my strength really and it's fun for me to train so i was just like you know any excuse to work out more i was like sign me up but yeah, I just worked out a lot. And Nadia physically, we knew a girl team. Uh, we heard like our casting producer, that's the one piece of advice she gave us was like, sometimes girl teams really fall short on the super physical challenges. So I was like, that is not going to happen my season. So <laughs> I just went in strong as an ox and super fast and fit. But besides working out, I didn't do any other kind of prep. No uh, we should have probably practiced stick dri- shift, and we didn't. <laughs> and that's that's how we got freaking eliminated. Was oh. trying to drive stick shift, yeah. Oh so, my gosh. Yeah. And, and next do, time, <laughs> do you find it like, like when me and Nicole are on the show, it, do you find it, it's easier to argue with somebody that you, you know. know and you love yes. and like, you, you know what I mean? Cause you know, they'll forgive you. Yeah. Opposed to like being with like a friend, maybe, right. you know what I mean? I yeah. feel like that's kind of like a crutch as well, you know? Seriously, I think that, you know, with uh, being close and loving somebody means that you know exactly what buttons to press. And there sometimes isn't boundaries, which is a bad thing on when you're being filmed, you know. But yeah, me and Nadia got really heated sometimes. At one point, we literally, I was going to punch her in the face and obviously they didn't show it. But uh, I think being on, and the amazing race is so stressful. It's oh, like yeah. the Survivor, people always ask me like, what's like what's harder what's different and survivor is obviously physically and emotionally like so draining but mm-hmm. the rate at which amazing race is at there's no rest like it's either 100 miles an hour or you're in your hotel room so like beat up and just like have nothing to do and you just have to hit the mat and then you're literally just a psychopath and so mm-hmm. i think the stress of that really comes out with somebody especially if you know them really well like like i like you said like sometimes you're just like okay this could get really really heated so <laughs> Let's chill. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. We're like, man, it's just high stress all the time. Like today could be the last day, right? And you can yeah. never give up because you never know what's going to happen to somebody else. So you're just always on edge. It was hard for me because we would get a lead and then we would all be equalized, you know, immediately. Oh my but, God, that was the worst. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, man, I worked really hard for second place three times. And now I'm like, you know, fighting for trying to get second to last, not just to be eliminated. Like there was no, I didn't get like a head start. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, that was annoying. They would do that when we were so spaced out and then we would just feel like, okay, so we were slaying all this time and now we're just neutralized. Like you said, all your hard work is just like down the drain. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, so how did it feel when, when you got the, so you did, you know, uh, Amazing Race twice, like getting that call for Survivor where, where you, did you had you watched Survivor? Did you did you know anything about it or like kind of what was that like? 
Well, I had never watched an entire season. I knew what it was about, but I had never watched an entire season. But when they called, I was like, yo, sign me up, like whatever at this point. I had won, we had lost twice on Amazing Race. And I was like, okay, fine, another shot at a million dollars. I'm down. <laughs> but I went in with really low expectations, just expecting to have fun. Uh, for me, any kind of challenge is like super hard to say no to. So I was down, like, and I had very little, we had, we were, I feel like we were last minute casting as well. So like you go, like we, they knew us and they knew that we were familiar with like reality TV. So I think we were like a last minute, like, hey, I'm sure Natalie and Nadi would do this. Let's give them a oh, call type thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was super last minute. Thank God, like physically, I was like, whatever. I was good to go. And uh, Nadia and I just were like, yeah, let's do this. So it was pretty easy, you know? So that that first time, was it, I mean, was it gut-wrenching just seeing your sister go like first, you know, and then having to like to take all this on by yourself now? Yeah, I mean, Nadia and I imagine we did Amazing Race twice together. So every adventure or every crazy experience in my life, uh, we've always done together. So her not being there was like this really weird feeling. Uh, but it ended up being a good thing, obviously, for my game. I just yeah. channeled all my like anger and revenge towards getting back at all the dudes for her. <laughs> and then it ended up like, you know, uh, letting me go all the way to the end. But I was really scared and nervous because it was the first time I was doing something solo dolo. And I couldn't rely on her. Like other people had their loved ones that season. Uh, Blood versus Water is just a really weird. It's like Survivor, like times five because you have the dynamics of loved ones out there, which is, you know, it can cloud your judgment sometimes, but it also can sometimes make people so on edge because I can't imagine having like a loved one uh, around me the whole time and having to worry about their personal, like Mm -hmm. mental space. And then, you know, like you said, when you're with somebody in a, in a tough space, you can argue and like, it, it's like a really weird twist on uh, Survivor. Yeah, I, I I can't imagine being like that and then deprived of all the things that you're deprived of and then having yeah. to, you know, worry about their space in the game, your space in the game, like you said, and then everybody's emotional status at that same time. Yeah, it's tough. Um, Nic- and you went that entire season without getting a vote cast against you, which is yes. incredible. <laughs> like, yeah. oh Especially my gosh. I was a crazy person too that season. Like I was just like <laughs> reckless as hell. I don't know why people. I don't know. I was, and then the opposite happened this season. I got voted off first. Like all the votes, they want me out. <laughs> so that's what I was. I was kind of getting to that. So you go, you win. You get no votes cast against you. And then you were you worried um, that going into the season, since you had no votes ever cast against you, that that could put a target on your back. No, I never thought about the votes because Nick went in the same as me. He never got a vote against him. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I just I just didn't think. I knew physically people would look at me as, as a threat, but I also assumed that they would want to keep me around the first couple of tribals because right. I would be such an asset to them on physical challenges. I, girl, I had no idea I was going to get voted off. I was just not ready for that. Uh I knew later in the game people would look at me as a threat, but I just thought like the positives of having me on your tribe would outweigh the, the positives of trying to vote me out. So but anyway, my tribe was so stupid. They voted me out and then every idiot that like joined me on extinction. Because <laughs> they kept losing. And I was like, that's what you guys get. Like you kept Adam over me. Hello. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Nicole was very impressed. I mean, she had a stat there because uh, you, yeah, I think you had 13, uh, 13, competition wins is that what it was yeah like like you beasted it out and then to come back from extinction like that too and basically have that the the ultimate underdog story oh my god it was like the coolest thing to 
watch, not probably to go through, but now you're probably happy, like, or it was a cool thing to go through, but I mean, I, watching that was just like, oh my gosh. Anyways, I don't want to get too far into it, Vic. We got (laughs) to take it slower. Um, Yeah. (laughs) So going into like this season, knowing that it's winners at war, um, and knowing that you could potentially have some friends in there. Was that something, or maybe some enemies, was that something that you had to worry about before the season started? Like, I hope I see this person, or I hope uh, we, you know, like, kind of pre-alliances. What's that like? So I'm not really connected to the whole Survivor family. Like, I had Jeremy, and I knew Jeremy for my season, but that was an organic relationship that happened while I was filming, and we maintained a really strong bond after. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people in the survivor world, they're so well connected and I had no idea about like how relationships were formed specifically as pregame alliances. Mm-hmm. I went in with no kind of conversations with anybody, even Jeremy and I, I never said anything. It's, it's an unspoken trust with Jeremy and I never was like, yo, you got to have my back uh, because we have a real relationship, but I went in blind and then I found out a lot of people did have pregame alliances. Um, I never thought about that, but that is the new way to play. If you're having returnees come back, you have to assume that there is pregame alliances going on. So next time, if I play again, I will be way more savvy to that. <laughs> I take into account, like, maybe who I've seen on Instagram hanging out. Maybe they're close. Like, you know, take notes. Uh, but I would never fake an alliance before I went out there. It's just not my style to do that because... It's you can't really trust somebody telling you before the game, like, yo, let's go to final three together. Like, that's complete crap. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Like, people did that. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, I just can't. You know what? And and I don't like the stress of like having to deal with that. I wish like none of you were allowed to talk. So it's like (laughs) fair, more fair, you know? Yes, I agree. That would just irk my nerve to the core. I mean, I wouldn't do it just, and maybe to my own fault, just out of stubbornness, even if I knew people were doing it. I'd be like, you know what? I'm like you. (laughs) You mofos, and then you better fucking come through this wall and get me because I'm not doing this. I feel like that's... Yeah. Yeah. And trying to figure it out. What about on Big Brother? Like, if you have pregame alliances and people are returning, like, how do they regulate that? Or is it just also just unspoken? Everybody knows that that's going on. So there's only been one season that it's been all returners, and that was way back on season seven. And so I don't really know how that went. Um, When I returned for my second time, I had no, there was only four returners, and I had no idea who they were. And, like, I didn't go digging because I was so scared that, you know, it would ruin my chances of getting back on. Like, I'm the girl that follows the rules. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Stupid. So, um, So I know that some people, like, knew, like, that they had alliances and stuff, but I didn't because I was just I, like... I do think that happened on our season of The Amazing Race, but that's something yes. that we weren't privy to because me and Nicole, we wow. got called last minute. We mm-hmm. didn't really yeah. know anybody else uh, and we we're just like, ah, whatever. And then when they get on the show, they're all like buddy-buddy and like, oh, hey, you know. It's like annoying because it's like, <laughs> what yes. is going on? You know? It's, yeah. It's like, oh, that's that so true. didn't get invited Especially to this Survivor, club. Especially like... Yeah, exactly. And especially in Survivor, those bonds, you're supposed to be able to forge those bonds in like the yeah. harsh environment and having zero trust in people. And that's half the fun of watching it is those bonds being created. So, mm-hmm. but it is what it is. It comes with the territory of returning players. Yeah. And, um, I guess next time, like I said, if I play a game, I'll just be way more conscious of that. I'm not saying I'm going to go create 
final three alliances before I get on the beach, but <laughs> I will be conscious of who's hanging out and, mm-hmm. you know, take everything that people say with a grain of salt if I've seen them hanging out with somebody that doesn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, yes, you, unfortunately, you get voted out first and then you're headed to Edge of Extinction. And what's your first, um, like, what are, you, what are you thinking about this? So the first feeling I think was just straight up embarrassment. It's so many eyes on you. And I put so much pressure on myself to do really well. And like I said, it was a true blind side because mm-hmm. I just did not think they would get rid of me, uh, especially because we had just lost a really physical challenge. And I, you could see our tribe was lacking that physical strength. I was like, there's no way they're going to get rid of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was stronger than all the girls and half of the boys. Okay, So yeah. I, was like, <laughs> I was like, you know what? It, I'm good. But so I think the initial shock was just really being embarrassed and I had to move forward because if I didn't shake that kind of like feeling about myself there's no way I would have been able to stick in it and uh keep being strong so uh I just was really embarrassed and shocked so when that happened did you know there was a, another island that you were going to or did you find that out right when it happened so they told us on the freaking starting line they were like not starting line because that's amazing right <laughs> <laughs> they st- told us on like uh the stupid like we did like cheers with jeff or something and mm-hmm. then he was like extinction island is in play and i was like oh oh hell no i did not <laughs> want extinction so i knew it was gonna be there uh but it was like uh yeah i knew what was coming so i was mentally prepared for it a little bit at least but mm-hmm. uh it was, nothing could have described that feeling of getting there by myself yeah. and like oh hell like this sucks yeah that does suck i yeah i wouldn't want to go through that <laughs> But yeah. yeah, and then so how did you remain so focused and strong throughout that whole? I mean, you were on there for how many days? Uh, Thirty-six days. Yeah. So how did you remain A so month. focused? And you were the first <laughs> so one on crazy. there, and you get back in. What's your game plan from now on out? So I think I just changed my mindset. My first day there, I was just like, you know what? I could go through the motions. I would have never quit. Like Mm -hmm. you would have to medevac me before I quit anything. But at the same time, I could have gone through the motions like some of the people on the edge and just been there for the sake of been there. I called us like white walkers. We were like beach walkers on extinction. Like uh, we had no, <laughs> like nothing. And I made this conscious effort to be like, yo, I got literally the worst hand dealt to me, but I can either like, make this game mm-hmm. competitive and be proactive about my situation here or just be super lazy with it. And each each path would have been fine because I would have, you know, I, I would have gone through the motions and I probably wouldn't have got back onto the game, but I could have made peace with it. And I just made this effort to just make a play survivor on extinction and just go, you know, all in. And then it was like, for me, once I commit to something, there is no stopping me. I'm like literally a hundred miles an hour or like not doing anything. So uh, it gave me motivation out there to just wake up and just be like, remind myself every day why I was there. And that was to get back on the main beach and like never give up and try and make myself proud to erase that feeling of feeling like embarrassed and feeling mm-hmm. uh, like I didn't belong with these guys. And I was like, you know what? I, it's up to me to change how I feel about myself in this situation. Mindset is everything because oh, yeah. you could I have agree. easily just, you know, been like, just, shut down. Yeah, for sure. Um, that would have been yeah um it's hard in these situations too because you're not with any family nobody's patting you on the back or telling you you got it so it was really up to myself to just motivate myself and just uh stick with it you know and and as as crappy as the situation is and how much you got to muster up it's cool going through that 
Because then you know you can, right? If, you, if you're never put in that situation having to go through something like that, when you come back to your real life and then something gets tough, you're like, well, this is not that tough, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's cool to have that to like remind yourself sometimes of what, you know, not only is what the human body is capable of, but what mentally what we can do. And like you said, in hard times, just remind yourself, like, Natalie, you've done worse, like, stop complaining. <laughs> What is the edge of extinction like, like a day on edge of extinction like versus a day on the island? So the edge is just way slower pace. We would have a challenge every couple of days, if that. And mm-hmm. uh, we just weren't given our rice, so we had to hike like a mile to get our rice. And it was very little rice. So I just did a, a post on Insta about how much rice we got. And we probably got on a good day half a cup total. Uh, so split between the morning and the oh, night. Oh my, my gosh. Uh, which uh, I was really, I know how much half a cup is and I knew the macros and stuff. So when I was out there, like I told everybody, I was like, guys, we're eating like a hundred calories a day, maybe 20 carbs max and like zero fat, <laughs> zero protein. So uh, I would be just conscious of that because for me, eating is uh, like I eat for like fuel and for my body to be strong. So I would just sit here and think, oh my God, my body's going to just literally get wrecked on this kind of uh in, uh, like the amount of we were eating uh, but yeah then we would eat then we would do nothing try not to die basically all day and uh, then we would just wait around for a challenge if we didn't get a challenge we would sit there from morning to night no shelter no shade just laying around and uh the days would go by so slow and on the main beach you have tree mail you have each other you have like this thing to look forward to so mm-hmm. the pace was way slower uh but that, that is mentally draining because it is so easy to lose motivation and just kind of get into this weird lull of being so jobless out there um so yeah and i read in an interview that you said like rat you would wake up to rats biting your fingers and toes yes i'm so pissed i didn't show the rats because (laughs) we would like literally go to sleep expecting these guys to nibble on us and we would wear, I wore my <laughs> shoes on my on my hands at night because they would always go for my fingers. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I my first season, I didn't have any rats in Nicaragua. This mm-hmm. beach was infested with them. As soon as the sun went down, we would see them scurrying around and they would come around us when we were sleeping. So it was disgusting. That is <laughs> F that. Oh my gosh. Right? Oh, it's like worse than snakes. I'm like rats. <laughs> oh, I don't even know. I just, I can't believe they didn't show that because that's just brutal. Yeah. And I got bitten one day. I remember like I woke up to the bite and I remember telling like the medical staff, I was like, hey, so like, did we get rabies shots before we came out here? Because I got bitten by rats last night. And they were like, if you had rabies, you would be expressing symptoms. I was like, oh, awesome. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. So wait till me, I see yeah. the symptoms before. <laughs> yeah, that makes exactly. Sense. Okay. Let's be, yeah. <laughs> forget being proactive. <laughs> yeah. So in, in the, in, in the Big Brother process, I'm Big Brother, what am I talking about? In Survivor, <laughs> did you, yeah. how much weight did you lose through that, through that time? Mm-hmm. Um, I think like I went in like my regular body weight is somewhere between like 145 and 148, which is super specific, but I'm always in that, <laughs> in that, in that uh, realm because I, I just know my body before I went out, I was training really hard and working out really hard, but I was eating at a, like I was eating way more than I usually do because I feel like half it's like this, your body knows what's coming and your mind already yeah. knows what's coming up. And it's like telling your body, like, we got to get Natalie big. She's going to go strong because yeah. you know what's coming. <laughs> so I was like feeling really strong, but I was sitting at like a 150. Um, and I checked out. I was after three days of eating as much rice as I wanted on the main beach, 
final tribal breakfast and pizza. I weighed at like I checked in at around one thirty. So I'm assuming when I left Extinction, because that was my worst. Like the, I was the lightest mm-hmm. at the end of extinction because I definitely gained weight in those three days of eating nonstop on the main beach. Uh-huh. I'm assuming I was like around 125, oh uh, which is I lost all my muscle. <laughs> I lost like I'm a pretty muscular chick. And so I lost your body first eats the muscle and then it goes for your fat. So I checked out and like put it into perspective. This is like um, how I can like kind of explain it to people before i went out my like back squat one rep max was one i mean 255 so that's i can back squat 255 oh that's pretty that's that's a a good back squat (laughs) yeah when i came back i could not even back squat like 125 like i physically couldn't move that weight because i had zero muscle in my on my body so we just got wrecked. It was uh, really bad. Wow. So okay. So for you to prepare, what you said that you eat? Do you eat a little bit more? And do you do like puzzles? Or I know you're always like physically fit. So how do you how do you prep for winners at war? I should have done puzzles because obviously <laughs> I got slayed by Michelle on all the puzzles I did with her. <laughs> she, uh, she's a yeah, puzzle. Her- she's a puzzle beast. I don't know. Her brain just works differently. Yeah. And I always say, like, together, Michelle and I would be a perfect survivor player because she's got all the brain. I've got all the brawn. Obviously, both beauty. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but, no, uh, I just, I just, cross. I'm a CrossFit coach, so I was just mm-hmm. CrossFitting and eating right. I didn't do any puzzle practice. I sh- probably should have, but I just hate puzzles. And who knows I, if I, it I, even, if it even would help? Because the puzzles are so, you don't know what kind of puzzles, you know, like you can't build these like puzzle structures in your backyard. And who knows if yeah, like a exactly. digital puzzle would even do anything. I, I just like to I know no what idea. people do to like put their bodies through this, uh, this crazy experience because I'm just at home watching and yeah. I just don't even know how you guys are still standing. <laughs> but and yeah, so like the one the one thing I did that really helps is like I ba- I did practice like balancing stuff. So at the gym, oh, I would okay. make like these like fake things that I could practice balance. And then I did a lot of grip strength. For CrossFit, it, they, we do a lot of grip strength anyway because of pull-ups and holding a barbell. But I specifically trained my grip strength, my balance, and uh, like kind of moving my body in weird ways because I knew the, that's how the challenges work. You just have to be like super like ready for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and besides that, uh, I slept on the ground a couple of times so that I could prepare for that kind of uncomfortable feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but besides that, it was a, my regular life. I was just coaching, working out, and eating right. Nice. That is really cool. Yeah, it did work. <laughs> it did work. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so it, while you're on edge of extinction, you know, you see that these people could potentially be like your jury if you get back in. So was that kind of going through your mind? I know Boston Rob said that you kind of like distanced yourself, um, which makes sense if... I read, okay, I'll let you answer, but I read that you said it was kind of because they were, you know, could bring you down and kind of a, they could bring you down mentally, you know, like everybody's mood. Yeah. Yeah. So my mindset was very different from people there. Listen, there's no point in me trying to win jury votes if I can't Mm -hmm. get back on the main beach. I think (laughs) everybody else, I had to choose like what my energy was going into. Mm -hmm. Like, am I going to sit here and stroke people's egos and be nice Natalie? Or am I going to be focused on myself? Like, literally put all my eggs in my own basket and say, listen, the first thing I got to do is get back onto the beach. I thought Mm -hmm. people would understand that uh, better than they did at the end, but I didn't have energy to do all the things on the edge. Like we had limited energy, limited time. And Mm -hmm. I just told myself, listen, you have one shot left. Like you already blew the first one. So everything is going to be depending on this and people like the way I behave, people 
it rubbed people the wrong way. But at the same time, how am I supposed to yeah. want to get all the tokens, do all the like the things that I needed to do, and be super sweet to people? Like, yeah, it I was thought, impossible. I thought it was really weird to bring that point up of like distancing yourself because it's not like you were like mean or you like like took stuff from them or did something like that. It was just kind of like you distanced yourself, and you know what? That makes sense to me because I like to be alone. And like when I'm thinking, when I'm strategizing, when I'm talking to myself, I need to be alone. And so you have to get back on that island for it to even matter. And you get back on the island. And what are you, you know, well, first off, I guess you buy um, Tyson an idol. So what was your reasoning in buying him an idol? So I had so many fire tokens. Literally, I had 16, I think, the entire time I was <laughs> yeah, out there. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, <laughs> that's and people so were throwing amazing. shade at me. Like, yeah, and people were throwing shade at me saying, like, I was there for so long. And I wanted to be like, hello, Amber was there only. I was only there for one more day than Amber. And Amber only had a total of two tokens the entire time she was <laughs> wow. out there. So time is not the factor here, okay? It's grind. Yeah. That's the mm-hmm. factor. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, uh, and I feel like, uh, yeah, so I had all these tokens and I could have either bought mad peanut butter for myself or just put it on protecting somebody else that I knew would had a good chance of getting back in the game because I was team edge I was like listen if Tyson mm-hmm. gets back in and he was my first round pick if if I couldn't bet on myself Tyson has just the skill set to win an, uh, a battle back challenge he had already won once and he had already like had that taste of blood like I mm-hmm. said a lot of people were on the beach and kind of given out and checked out and me and Tyson was and and Parv we were still on in it, and my final decision actually was between Parv and Tyson, and I told Parv, I was like, I'm sorry to admit this, but I know Tyson has a better shot of getting back in, and I don't want the idol to go to waste. If I could have just given it to both of them and been like, whoever mm-hmm. wins takes it, take it, but that yeah. wasn't the rules. The rules are you had to walk into the challenge with that idol, and that idol was yours, and... um I was just like, Tyson, if it's not me, I want it to be you, go get him, dude. And that was basically it. That is so badass yeah. to give your biggest competition an idol yes. to give him more power to be like, all right, come on, you want this? Even Here's an idol to help you get even further. I mean, Natalie, what, what a badass move. Like, <laughs> I know. And like the thing is, like nobody like from the edge, like you should seeing that later and i know tyson like batted for me on the on the jury he said Mm -hmm. like guys natalie was doing what she needed to do but look what she did she shared the wealth at the end like she couldn't give us all an idol but she gave me an idol Mm -hmm. and uh they still didn't appreciate it it's so bizarre to me like looking back i just don't um i don't really understand it but because they know they know everything they know what the edge of extinction was they know what it felt like and the probability of going back and being able to make it to the final three someone's got to get voted out first and it happened to be you and you didn't give up that whole entire time got 16 fire tokens you played a part (laughs) in the game like I don't understand. And and you 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 made people make decisions in the you game because people, of those. <laughs> and you gave people peanut yeah. butter when they're starving. I guess I don't really see the whole aspect of you isolating yourself would be a reason not to vote for you. They know what you went through. They know it wasn't easy. And so I kind of struggle to see to see that a little bit. You know? Yeah, I understand. And like, I, I hate to play devil's advocate and say if I mm-hmm. was a dude and if I played the same way, would I get treated mm-hmm. the same way as women? Are we supposed to be way, quote unquote, nicer or less self, uh, selfless when it comes to how we behave? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand it. So, I mean, like I said, I can't say right. like what if, but I hate that that even went through my mind when I when Boston Rob brought that up at the end. It's like, are you just mad that I got back in and you don't, you can't mm-hmm. give me props for my grind and my hustle, even if it wasn't a really aggressive 
approach to what I needed to do, that's what I needed to do to get back on, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. That's a good point for sure. Absolutely. Because so. even when I played, when I won Big Brother my second time, um, I only won once. When I played Big Brother, <laughs> yeah. I won the second time. And um, the producer like vouched for me while I was in the house and did some articles and was like, if she was a, if she was a guy, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Yeah, so, um, exactly. I definitely think they don't see women should be as aggressive or even like backstabbing or lying or anything like that to yeah, get further in the exactly. game. It's just like hard for people to accept. But, um, mm-hmm. okay, so you're back in the game. You team up with Michelle. And was there a little bit more of something we didn't see with you working with um, Sarah as well? Yeah, so obviously they have such little time to show everything. But there was a bond between Sarah and I that was created. I, in my head, it was a good enough bond. Like like Michelle and I vouched for her. That tribal council, we could have got rid of her ass and we kept her around because <laughs> she had kind of sold us this, like, I'm down for you girls if I need to be. Like, I'm willing at the end to jump ship off of Tony because I told her, that girl, if you go to the end with Tony, you are not winning. Like, mm-hmm. I just kept trying to embed that in her head. So there was more of a, a like, a friendship slash, like, we talked a lot about stuff, us three, um, especially in the Ben boat out. You don't see it that day. We were going in thinking, Sarah told us, like, don't worry, I'm not writing any of your names down. I'm writing down Ben. Me, you, and Michelle, we're going to write down Ben. Tony doesn't know we're going to get rid of him. And I played, I was so nervous because I didn't know if votes were me or Michelle. I didn't believe Sarah. Mm-hmm. And so I thought me and Michelle were going home that night. And that's why you can visually see I was like crying when I played my idol because I was like, oh, my God, what if they wrote Michelle and not me? But I cannot play this idol for somebody right. else. Because what if I go home? Right. So, yeah, there was way more of a bond. And I, I just thought that what she had said, like it hits like maybe because I'm just so much about I understood what Sarah was talking about. I uh, me and Michelle and I were we would thought that she was on board to help us at the end and just be team team us three you know like way more than um it seemed definitely yeah because i i thought there had to be something else there because you guys chose to keep sarah over um, denise as well so um that makes more sense now and so do you have any would you change anything would you any moves that you would have changed or um in the game I mean, I guess voting out Sarah instead of Denise, but on the flip side, Denise would have never flipped on Ben. So mm-hmm. we were like, just, it was like a hot, rock yeah, and a hard place. But sure. the biggest decision that I wish I had done at this point is not put, not trust Sarah to beat Tony and just stepped mm-hmm. in and done fire myself. I don't feel like I needed to do that. But now seeing the way the jury voted and seeing that Sarah didn't have the balls to just beat him, uh, <laughs> I wish I'd just been like, you know, I'm, I'm going to make fire and I'm going to risk it all or I'm going to win it all. Like, Because I know yeah. if I made, made fire, I would have won. So, uh, But I was just so, and I've said this, and maybe it's me just trying to protect how I'm dealing with this right now because it is hard to lose $2 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that I was just so mentally and exa- like mentally and physically exhausted that I was really nervous about putting myself in fire and like not winning. And then I had done all this work to get to mm-hmm. the end, but then not make final three would have sucked so much. Oh, for uh, sure. So I was just like in this really, I was just drained so much after the, my whole journey that I just didn't step up. And that's the only thing that I'm going to have to eventually make peace, peace with is uh, try and embrace my journey to the end, even though my the end outcome wasn't what I wanted, you know, and not making fire. Yeah, and it is really hard. You have a guaranteed spot in final three, and then you're going to 
give that pretend you're going to maybe give that up just to make fire to build your resume that you might not even have to build because it already might be high enough. You don't know. And so you have to decide that decision. And it's crazy how you can give your like immunity to somebody else and go into battle. I just, I mean, I, I don't think that I could ever give up that final three spot if I know I, I have it. (laughs) It, Yeah. And like, I thought my chances with the jury were way better than they were. So you have to think like, I was like, no, I definitely had this person's vote, this person's vote. And it wasn't the case. So it is what it is. Yeah. You know what? Money comes and goes, but um, obviously $2 million <laughs> hard, <laughs> hard pill to swallow. Um, whose votes did you, were you thinking that you had that you didn't get? Well, I definitely thought I had Danny's and Amber's. I didn't know about Boston Raw, but I thought he would vote for me. Mm-hmm. So those are three votes that I definitely thought uh, would have gone my way. Uh, and then uh, I was on the fence with Kim and Sophie. We had spent a lot of time at mm-hmm. the edge together when, since they came back. But I also understand that they were with um, Tony and the main beach for a long time. So those are the three votes that I was just like, what? Especially Danny's and Amber's. Mm-hmm. Amber's more probably. Um, yeah, so I thought those were guaranteed. And uh, I knew Tyson had voted for me because he told me and the way he was at Tribal, he spoke up for me and stuff. And I yeah. kind of knew Ethan voted for me. But those are the three that I'm just like, huh? <laughs> yeah, you played one hell of a game. And yeah. you should be so Thanks, proud. Bro. And it was the best season ever that I've ever watched. It was, I mean, I wanted you to back in there so bad. And they like teased us with, you know, you were stuck oh in the God, ropes I, for so long. I, I was, I was such an idiot. I'm like, get out of those ropes. <laughs> I don't know what I I'm did. I'm like, they I tied think, hers uh, tighter. They did something like, I, I was, don't know what they did. Oh, oh my God. I was like, how am I getting tripped up on this? And then I fell and then I had to go back twice. They don't show it, but I had twice. I had like a, one of the ropes had fallen down. So I had to go back twice. And I was like, and then I don't know how I stayed so calm because I had given up my lead at this point. I could hear Tyson. So I was actually happy that Tyson was doing well. Cause I was like, okay, at least my idol is going to shit, but I did not want to lose to Wendell. So I was like, get your shit together. Take a deep breath and land these fucking balls. In. Oh man. You are, you are such an inspiration. Thank you so much for coming on this show. Yeah. I cannot wait to watch you. Hopefully on big brother and back on survivor. Yeah. Hopefully I see you on survivor. Are you guys, down if they call yeah we'd be <laughs> down I, yeah, yeah we would be yeah. i think so i people always ask me about big brother and they, uh, like it's so it's you have all the comforts but it's like paradise prison versus like <laughs> survivor you know so it's like being stuck in this prison that's like you know has a gym has all the good stuff but it's a different mindset so yeah we'll see. absolutely <laughs> yeah well thank you so much uh we appreciate you coming on and have a good rest of your day thank you yeah i'll be watching your guys', Thanks, guys. your live tonight so i'm excited oh cute okay hey, all right we'll Take, talk all okay. the shit <laughs> <laughs> bye, guys. bye bye that was a lot of fun and i really think nicole you should consider applying for survivor because i think and I've always said this. You just think it'd be entertaining. Oh, heck yes. And the, and and then you might win, right? There's always that. But oh, I, yeah. I think it would be so entertaining and I would love to watch you on there. I think the same about you. <laughs> but no. you wouldn't be entertaining. You'd be the entertaining because you would like win stuff. 
But you just said I wouldn't be. I cannot believe you said I would not be entertaining. No, you'd wow. be all you'd be all game. Wow, but no, they they were great, uh, Natalie and Michelle. That that those were fun conversations. Yeah, I thank really, you for uh, joining us on the Survivor special. Nicole I was wish, all geeked up and excited. I about wish we this could do too. like a Survivor. Sp- I'm really sad that Survivor isn't on tonight. <laughs> Today's Wednesday for me, and it's like, what the heck? What am I going to do tonight? I'm so upset. <laughs> all right, so Nicole, I got a Spanish word of the day. This okay. one. Um, so easy. Survivor. Well, now I can't do it. Was that what it was? It was going to be. <laughs> uh-huh. I got it. In fact, you haven't seen the word. All right. So now we'll go on to... So, uh, But the the word survivor is sobrevivir. Sobre. Dang it. I should have just kept my dang mouth shut. Yeah, you should have kept your mouth shut. That's what you get. Mm-hmm. You see? So yeah, survivor was the Spanish word of the day, which is sobrevivir. All right. So what is your weird or normal since you're... Are you really skipping it? I'm going to skip it now. I'm stubborn. Oh my gosh, this is like so typical. (laughs) No, but just go ahead. Go ahead. What do you got? Okay, so um, earlier we brought up the pickled eggs thing, and my mom was talking about something last night that she thought that is weird that we do. So That you and me do? Yeah, that we, because you said I brought a pickled egg to the bedroom. Uh My mom thinks it's really weird to eat anything in the bedroom. Like you should eat at the table or in the kitchen or... Maybe even in the living room, but never take like food to your bedroom. And it's something that I just started to do in college because my best friend slash roommate did. And it was like normal to study and snack. But as a child, like I never took food into my bedroom. <laughs> and you do it too. I do it, but I, I am. It's a it, it's a catch twenty two for me, right? Because. I take it to the bedroom, but I can't. And I'm not that I can't enjoy it as much, but I'm very cautious. I'm very cautious because mm-hmm. I hate, which makes it hard for me to see you eat in the bed, which is hypocritical. I shouldn't of me eat in the bed Let's because just you're put very that out messy there. and yes. clumsy like, and all that. It is kind of like, gross when I think about and it. And I'm just like, oh, babe, can you just because like when I eat chips in bed, I put like my mouth over the chip bag, so if crumbs fall, they fall right back into the bag. Right, it's not a big deal. But you'll hold chips just with your finger and eat one chip at a time and it's like well there's 100 percent crumbs falling into the bed right now <laughs> you know what i mean like you can't avoid that or you'll have a pickled egg eating <laughs> you have pickled stuff on your finger you don't have a napkin okay, how, you're how making you... me sound disgusting i'm just saying right that's the things that go through my mind so yeah i i'm gonna stop eating in the bedroom because <laughs> i don't think it's like good for my like weight and health okay maybe i'll stop eating in the bedroom too the only reason i eat in the bedroom is because i'm watching something on tv or i'm alone and like i don't want to be in the big common area by myself yeah i think a lot of people eat in the bedroom though i don't think it's as weird as uh your mom thinks i mean it growing is. up i never ever ever yeah. which is because I don't know. I guess I wasn't a big snacker back then. Yeah. But um, now it's like snacks. I am a huge snacker. It's, yeah, you got me hooked on chips bad. and crap and like <laughs> candy bars and oh my gosh. Oh, life is so terrible. Oh no. <laughs> no, I just I just need to, I'm trying to get in shape for my wedding. Okay. My wedding, not your wedding. I'm trying to get in shape for my <laughs> wedding. So Will I be invited? No. Okay. Well tell your husband I said hello. <laughs> Um, Okay, so now we're going to read the review that uh, we chose because you guys are awesome and we thank you and we really appreciate you. Take it away. This one's from Natty and it's called Amazing Five Stars. I absolutely love this podcast. Nicole has always been my favorite Big Brother player because of her relatable and fun personality. Thank you. 
Nicole and Victor have such fun banter, and I enjoy listening to their interviews with a wide range of guests. I listen in every week and even listen to the episodes with guests I've never heard of. I always learn something new because of Nick and Vic's excellent interview skills. They make my week and every week when there is a new episode... Hold on. Okay, I, sorry. I read something wrong. Nicole skipped something maybe. They make my week every week when there is a new episode and are helping me get through this pandemic. I can't wait to see what else is in store for them. Thank you. <laughs> Man, that was a really nice review. I love that. We try to do our best do you know what interviewing. Ha- what happened? When I'm reading reviews, I like in my mind I have like this little like negative guy that's like, you're gonna screw up, you're gonna screw up, you're gonna screw up, <laughs> like the whole time. And I've been trying to be like, I'm going to read this like really flawlessly. Mm -hmm. And then that freaking happened. But I've been doing better because, you you know, like when you're reading out loud in school, in high school, they like make you read and you're just like, oh my gosh. You know, that's it. And now that I think about that, now that you're saying that, that is kind of weird to do. Like, all right, you read to this point and then the next person reads to this point, next person read to this point. It's like, all right, all I'm focused on is my turn to read. Exactly. You're not listening to what's being said. You're not absorbing what you're reading. You're just trying not to mispronounce a word so that everyone thinks you're like... And then you hear in the background when you mess up on something... (laughs) And I would psych myself out so much that I would 100% mess up. Um, On a completely unrelated note, talking about school, right? I I read this... uh, tweet that somebody posted it was hilarious this guy this adult he went to go set up a zoom class for his oh, son yeah, this is so cool. and, oh, no, and he said he didn't have his shirt on <laughs> and so he started and he started, heard like 15 little kids go oh, that's hilarious <laughs> what about the i thought you were gonna bring up the uh this kid is in school and he took a video of himself oh. just like sitting in <laughs> He has like so he has a video on his phone of him sitting like watching a, a, a class but it's like a looping video right so let's say it's like 20 seconds and he just has it on a loop and then he puts that video on his phone Close enough to the the camera of his computer, so it looks like he's sitting there in class. It's like brilliant. It's like brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that is Except hilarious. for the thing, we is don't like, condone that though. No, we don't. <laughs> and also, the thing is, is like, does he always wear the same shirt? You know what I mean? <laughs> That's hilarious, though. But so, who's really looking at the small squares? Because well, now you, I'm going to be checking. I would check out everybody's shirts to see who's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. Please rate, review, and subscribe. The easiest way to do that is on Apple Podcasts. You can listen to this podcast. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. You can always go to www.cococalientepodcast.com. You can listen there and you can check out our merchandise as well. Don't forget to follow us at Coco Caliente Podcast on Instagram and at Coco Caliente Pod on Twitter. Thank you. Thank you. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.